Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we turn to a message taught by Pastor Harris on March 8, 2020, in regard to 1 Corinthians and that portion of chapter 11 where Paul instructs the believers in Corinth of proper behavior concerning the Lord's Supper. At Heritage Bible Church, we teach that the Lord Jesus instituted baptism and the Lord's Supper to be observed by all believers until his return for his bride, the church. Please listen to today's slice of this week's message entitled, The Lord's Supper. When we come around this table in a few minutes, we will be in essence proclaiming all of these things. Christ offered himself. He sacrificed himself. He gave himself to redeem us. He became a curse for us. He made one offering once for all. We have redemption through his blood. Gentiles are brought near by the blood of Christ. Entrance to the holy place is by his blood. We share in Christ's blood when we come around this table. We are cleansed from sin by his blood. We are released from the bondage of sin by his blood. We have propitiation by his blood. We are purchased by his blood. We have sanctification by his blood. Christ died for our sins, and then Christ died for us. We're saying all of that when we come to this table. We are proclaiming our union with him. So when we come to this table, he says, This is my body. He says, This is the new covenant. Now let's finish this. This is what to do. The bread and the cup of the Lord's Supper are symbols that commemorate the most important event in the history of mankind. There's a new book uh, coming out. I wish I'd thought of the clever title. Um, Somebody, I don't remember who it is, but I know it's a good book. The Man Who Split Time. Ooh, that's cool. Time is divided by before Christ and in the year of our Lord. We're commemorating the most important event in the history of mankind. These things are meant to symbolize that you have, when you come to this table, you're saying, I have appropriated Jesus Christ once for all as my Lord and Savior. I stand with Him. I stand with His people. We are united in Christ. He abides in us. We abide in Him. We belong to each other. We're saying all of that in this symbolic meal. So to partake of the symbolic meal without actually being united to Christ by faith, that's to mock God. To be an adopted child of God by faith and to come to this table with unconfessed sin in your heart, that would be the height of hypocrisy. That's what Paul had in mind when he said, you come together not for the better, but for the worse. So 
listen to his instructions. And again, we can make a whole sermon easily out of the rest of the chapter here, but as I urged you, listen fast, all right? Starting at verse 27 through verse 32. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself and In so doing, he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself, if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick, and a number sleep. But if we judged ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged... We are disciplined by the Lord so that we will not be condemned along with the world. Oh, if only we had more time, but ask the Holy Spirit to help you apply this uh, far beyond what I can say. But in that six verses we just read, notice three key words. The verb judge and the noun judgment together occur six times in those verses. The word judge comes from a root that connotes the concept of distinguishing between or choosing or giving an opinion. We are to judge ourselves. We're to examine ourselves. That's another word he uses. Lest we fall under a certain kind of judgment from God. Now understand, in Christ, there is no eternal punishment. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8.1. But there is The constant self-assessment, one of the marks of being a Christian is the, the habit of confessing sins. If we are confessing our sins rather than denying our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So the kind of judgment described here for a Christian is elsewhere called chastening, or did you see that He put it parallel with the word Discipline, that's the other word, or the next word I want you to see here. The word discipline, the Greek word paiduo, is one that tumbled into English uh, in the form of pedagogy and pedagogue. It means gracious and firm and loving correction from your parent. So discipline from the Lord is God instructing and correcting. And Hebrews 12 says He does it for every child whom he loves. And we do this so that we will not be, the third word, condemned along with the world. That's the same Greek word translated judge, but it has a prefix attached. It strengthens the meaning and turns it into pass down a judgment against, or hence, to condemn. In Christ, standing in His grace, standing complete in Him, Blessed with every blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate you from the love of God and all of that. You will never experience eternal condemnation. Again, Romans 8.1. So, one of the reasons for coming regularly to the Lord's Supper is to make sure that you are embracing not only Christ, but you are embracing The fact that as He abides in you, He lovingly chastens you and corrects you and and encourages you, and you're constantly being cleansed from the, the pollution of your sins 
so that you won't be condemned along with the world. Now, some other time, we can talk about just how far that loving chastening of the Lord may go, just how far that disciplining may go if you are among the hyper-spiritual elite that have been with us all through 1 Corinthians, you can remember back to chapter 5. I want to deliver that guy over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit may be saved. God will actually cause some people to be weak or sick or asleep. That's the metaphor in 1 Corinthians for, for death. Now, I don't, I've never had anybody die during the communion service, but don't mock God. Don't make light of something this important. Now, the final two verses are pretty practical, pretty simple. 1 Corinthians 11, 33, and 34. So then, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. Now, he's in essence there putting a stamp of approval on the love feast. He's just saying, Get it right, and don't let your love feast trample the Lord's Supper. So, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. Be polite. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, so that you will not come together for judgment. Now, this is kind of ominous. The remaining matters I will arrange when I come. Didn't he just hit them hard enough? There's more that he's going to take care of later? Well, yeah, we can keep reading in 1 Corinthians, see what else he took care of in this book. And there was even more. And then there was another visit, and then there was 2 Corinthians. But the point is, this really matters. You should come together to commune with one another and celebrate your union with the Lord. All the details of 18 verses that we've looked at, what does it all mean? Keep the Lord's Supper simple. I think it's wise not to combine it with other social events. I think it's wise to make it part of the worship service, and that's pretty much the way that it has been done, uh, especially since, um, since the Reformation and we won't talk about before uh, the Reformation where the, what is the Lord's Supper gets overdone and overinterpreted and things added to it. But friends, this is the time for the body of Christ to come together in communion with one another and with the Lord. So we're going to do it together and let's pray as we do. Our Father, how we thank you for what is here on the table before us. We pray that you will be honored, that you will be glorified in all that we say and do here. Thank you for providing this memorial. Thank you for reminding this thing, right? Reminding us of who Christ is and what he did by this thing that we can do over and over again until we do it new with Him in His kingdom. Thank you for the riches of all that is represented here. 
We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.